Paddle Ready Broadcast, believing what it says. Hi, welcome to Battle Ready. We've changed your times up a little bit. I hope it doesn't throw anybody off tremendously because I know some people watch this live and then some people watch it. I know that most people are taking a nap right now. Yes. It's Sunday at 2 o'clock. <laughs> We'd like to be taking yes. a nap too, wouldn't we? So, but we are, in, we are in the place where we're trying to move things around a little bit just to make it more convenient for everybody that does our sound and, and, and different things. So just bear with us. Hopefully it won't we'll come to a conclusion and settle on something pretty soon. But thank you for joining us. It's Sunday afternoon, it's sunny outside, it's 51 degrees finally, and we're not seeing gray and drab, and I love that. We are in First Chronicles, we are in chapter 17. 16. I'm sorry, we are in 16, but we're, but gonna we're going to head to, head to 17. 17, yes. Right, so we will start, how, where do you want to start? Do you want to start in 16? I want to start with a tea party. A tea party. Well, then let's go. Let's talk about that. Okay. So when Olivia, who is my oldest, who's now 23, she's going to be 23 in November. But when she was a little girl, her Nana bought her this beautiful little pink table and little pink kitchen. And all my kids, and I'm sure your kids too, have great imaginations and would pretend everything. It was her whole little world Mm -hmm. was around that little table. And I can remember that sometimes when it was it was very special to me to be invited in mm-hmm. okay so she has her dolls that she loves and she has her play mm-hmm. food that she's doing in her whole world and she would say no mom would you like to come to the tea party and and I would come into the tea party not fitting in any way <laughs> the table the chair the cup everything's so delicate everything's so small everything's so but I would come in just the privilege of being welcomed into her thought, her love, her imagination, Mm -hmm. her pretend. So those are precious, precious, precious things to me, right? I wanted to be there with her in Mm -hmm. that imagination when she was having that time. And I thought today is we get, we're going to talk today about praise and we're going to talk about where God lives Mm -hmm. and how he interacts with us. And I, and God brought to my mind the tea party. And I thought, you know, I am constantly saying, God, come be with me. God, Mm -hmm. come. I want to feel your presence. Mm -hmm. I, I want you to be close to me. And it is like a little girl having a tea party. Mm -hmm. He doesn't fit where I want to put him. Mm -mm. He's so much bigger. He's so much better and mighty and amazing. But he will come to where I am. Mm -hmm. And it's as if I'm inviting him to live in my world. But the truth is the whole thing's his world. Mm -hmm. So actually, Mm -hmm. he's inviting me into his. But isn't it wonderful that he gives you the scenarios of things that are near and dear to your heart. Yes. To show you what he what he is near and dear to his heart exactly right? so every time i'm saying god i need to feel you close to me i i need to know that you're hearing what i'm saying i need i need you right here mm-hmm. god is saying don't you know that you're right here mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's all mine mm-hmm. right it's all my table it's all my world it's all my place which is so funny because god always works together Mm-hmm. And he was speaking to you the same thing through Ruth. So just talk about that for a minute. I don't know that I can. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the same thing. We were studying this yesterday, and God in his goodness, knowing what we want to share with you today, mm-hmm. graciously gave us both a picture mm-hmm. of what it's different. like to dwell with him and be with him. I don't know if I can. Okay. You've already made me cry. I didn't mean to. little tea party. Well, <laughs> Sorry. That's just happy stuff. But see, that well, just while you get together, I'm thinking... You know, it's my house. Mm-hmm. It's my table. It's my kid. I bought her that. I gave her that. <laughs> Nothing in her tea party did not 
come from Except me. Except what Nana gave Do you know what, what, Congratulations, Nana. Nana. What I'm saying is that <laughs> Livy was inviting me into something that really belonged to me anyway. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's what God was showing me. Mm-hmm. Like, you're inviting me into your presence, but you belong to me anyway. It's all mine. Really, yes. I'm inviting you. Yes, and I always have been. And always have been. And I've always done that. Right? So in your so, little... So in my little yeah. study yesterday, I was reading Ruth. And I've read Ruth however many times you've read Ruth when you're my age. And thought, you know what? There's not going to be a whole lot new in Ruth when I read it, right? You know the story. But it's so wrong to think that. Anytime you open up God's Word, it's so wrong to think that. Because as I'm going down through the story, I'm overcome with Boaz for some reason. I... I you know, he lets her glean, and who is this woman, and what's she doing, and and they say, well, you know, she's doing this, and blah, and he's, you know, the handful to purpose, and all this, the things you already know that we talked about, but what caught my attention was he gets Ruth aside right at the front, and he says, my words, stay in my field. Don't go out of my field. Stay with my field, because where I'm at You've got protection, you've got extra, you've got blessings, you've got enough where I'm at. Stay in mine. my field. And you're mine. And it, you yeah, belong stay to here with me. Now, he's not she, He's not married to no, her or thinking about that yet. But that's yet, what but, he's saying is but that he's you saying, belong here. Here's my, where you stay. And, and he tells her later that they know that she's a virtuous woman. She's not chasing the boys and she's not doing this, my words again. She's... She's taking care of what needs to be taken care of. She's doing what she's supposed to do. And I was just overcome with the stay in my stay field. in my field. Don't don't go over there looking for something. There's nothing over there. Here's where you're going to be safe. Here's where you're going to be blessed. And I think God kind of like your party somehow you flip it around and you realize that's exactly what he does for us, mm-hmm. right? Stay right here by me. Stay with me. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that whole scenario of what a joy. I can't hardly fathom that God would enjoy your hanging tea party. with me. He enjoys my tea party. <laughs> he loves your tea party. But I enjoy my daughter's tea party. Mm-hmm. And you do. And wouldn't trade it because for Because she's my daughter. Yep. Wouldn't trade right? it for nothing. And, and I didn't even get a real tea cake or nothing. <laughs> but just be, being welcomed And you had to clean world. up the mess later. That, absolutely. <laughs> So there's a verse that I have, and I, I don't know if I'm getting all out of order. or but There's a lot matter. of verses I printed out today, but the one that makes me think to start off with it is, um, wait a minute. I'm gonna I want to give you the exact quick, right so we thing. we can hear if anybody has any okay. questions. Let me not be able to find what I'm looking for. Uh I can't find it. I know it's Psalms, but it talks about he will inhabit the praise of his people, right? He comes down and he comes to our party. And, and I don't know how to say how to say it any better than that. But what we have at 16, the Ark of the Covenant is finally back in Jerusalem. It is under the tent prepared by David that we talked about last week. After everything's set in order and the priests go in and start to serve, David has a party. He has a tea party. Mm-hmm. He invites everybody that's there in his kingdom, and he makes sure that they're fed and that they have something to drink and that they're cared for, and they just sit down and worship. And I love that the king of Israel is an artist. Mm-hmm. 
is an artist. Mm -hmm. He's not just a king and a warrior, and he is all those things, and a leader, and manly, and right? But he is also just an artist. And every when he sits down to write a song, with skilled musicians and skilled singers and the best of the best, they perform for the Lord this beautiful piece of art that's in 16, which I think we should just read. Okay, okay it starts at verse 7 if you want. He's got, all, he's got the priests lined out. They're getting everything in order, and they sing, and mm -hmm. they praise, and they just break out into praise. And verse 7 of 1 Chronicles chapter 16 says... I'm going to pause here just two seconds because for some reason I'm not able to pull this up. So I don't know whether we're online or whether you're oh, just hearing on. us. But it is, looks like it is doing stuff. So. But for some reason I'm not able to get it. Okay. All right. So verse 7 says, Then on that day David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works, what he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Be ye mindful always of his covenant, the word which he hath he commanded to a thousand generations, even of the covenant which he made with Abraham, and of his oath unto Isaac, and hath confirmed the same to Jacob for a law, and to Israel for an everlasting covenant saying, Unto thee will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, when ye were but few, even a few, and strangers in it. And when they went from nation to nation, and from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do, not, and do my prophets no harm. Sing unto the Lord all the earth, show forth from day to day his salvation, declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, he also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence, strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in beauty of holiness, in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth, the world also shall be stable, that it be not moved. Let the heavens be glad, let the earth rejoice, and let men say among the nations, The, the Lord, Lord reigneth. <clears throat> let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the fields rejoice and all that is therein. Then shall the trees of the woods sing out at the presence of the Lord, because he cometh to judge the earth. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. And say ye, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us together and deliver us from the heathen, that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. 
And then it tells you about the people that protected the holiness in this, the sacredness of where the ark was kept. And one of them is our guy whose house it was delivered to, Obed-Edom. That's one of the people that gets to stand there. He's also evidently a musician because it records mm -hmm. him and, and his brethren as the ones that are helping David with this song. I think this is the original... I mean, I don't know how to say this. You tell me what you think, but I think this is the original "How Great Thou Art." <laughs> that sounds what. That's what. Like. That's mm -hmm. what David wrote. He wrote, "Have you thought about how great he is? Have you thought about what he has done and what he has said and how he has proven himself to you over and over and over, and that his presence is here and just glory in the fact that God is who he is." Mm -hmm. And I think that had to come on the heels of learning how holy and righteous he was. Mm -hmm. That painful and embarrassing lesson. Mistake. Mm -hmm. Making a mistake. And that then, painful right. and embarrassing lesson said, wait a minute, mm -hmm. who are we talking who about here? Who are we here? talking about? Yep. Who are we talking about? Let's Where's sit down and take a minute stuff? Mm -hmm. and, and talk about who God really is and how mm -hmm. holy and mighty he mm -hmm. is. And I love that the people are praising with their king. He's not above that. He's not separate from that, but he's right in the middle of his people because the real king's being praised mm -hmm. and the real authority has been given honor and they're praising the people. Well, what happens after that, like often happens, okay, mm -hmm. is we'll go to church. Now, you guys listening to me, you know this is right. We will go to church and you will have a service that puts you here. Mm -hmm. You feel like you could float to the car, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then the next day. And then day. you get a bonehead idea. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> because you literally are so grateful. You're so overwhelmed by the goodness of God you and the greatness of God. just forget how limited our thought And then immediately <laughs> our humanity crashes and David didn't sin in what happens next. Not at all. No. But David misunderstood something in what happens next and God gives him an amazing blessing. So if we, as we go into chapter 17, David's thought is, you know what? This tent cannot contain him. Mm -hmm. David says, this tent is not enough. Mm -hmm. And he starts to think about where God lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thought on his mind is like, he just experienced the presence of God in praise. He just experienced the abundance of God. And he's like, now where, now where should God be living? Mm -hmm. David says, I've got houses all over Jerusalem. That's what he says. I've built mm -hmm. my houses. <laughs> why shouldn't and he? And I'm one? in walls of cedar. And, and Grant is, now why is God hanging out in a tent? Mm -hmm. And why is he hanging out in a tent? Right? And I love, well, what? that's what I wanted to talk about. I, I wrote so many verses. I literally wrote down on my paper, where does God live? Where, where does he choose to live? And what is amazing to me is he told him, he said, I'm okay with dwelling in the thick darkness. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be in this chapter. I'm okay with dwelling in the thick darkness. And I thought, well, now why would God say I'm okay with being in the darkness, because that's where he appeared to Abraham. Remember? Mm -hmm. When it got so dark. A horror of darkness. A horror of darkness, a great darkness. He said, I don't have a problem living there. Mm -hmm. When David, remember, Isn't in the story of Abraham, is he's got, too? yeah, he's in got. In our lives, don't we get into those great dark areas sometimes? Absolutely. And he, waiting on God, because mm -hmm. that's what Abraham was doing. Mm -hmm. he, God told him to go to this place and to, mm -hmm. to offer these sacrifices, but not bring the fire, mm -hmm. just to carve them and leave them. Mm -hmm. he, he's waiting on the Lord, waiting mm -hmm. on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. And then he and shows it gets up. so dark. They, I, Abraham accidentally Abe falls, falls asleep. asleep. He wakes up, and it's so dark that he's terrified. Mm -hmm. And here comes the fire of God. He's like, mm -hmm. I, I can dwell in the darkness. Mm -hmm. In other words, I don't need a house at all. Mm -hmm. That's true. Right? I don't and need why a house does he, at all. why is he intense? Well, God commanded them when they came out of Egypt to build a tabernacle. He gives very specific, we talked about that when we mm -hmm. went through Exodus, mm -hmm. a place where God's presence would meet with the people, mm -hmm. covered with skin, 
everything in it a picture of Jesus Christ, everything mm-hmm. in it giving him glory, that he'll come down and dwell among us, travel mm-hmm. with us. And right? what are we? In this place. We're in tents of clay, right? We're in... We are, but so was Christ. Christ came down and took a body like ours. Which is the point. That is a tabernacle. Right? He doesn't have to dwell in some place separate yeah. from us. He dwells where we are. Where we are. And we... He comes to the party. He comes to the party. And if we want right. him, he's right there. Right? He doesn't require, you know, when you think about, I always, I always think about how, um, and now I might get you off track I'm, a little bit, but I'm if I do, grab I apologize. You. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I always think about how human beings, if we want to show our importance, we have big, elaborate, uh, yeah. golden, silver, and things that shine, and, you know, royal, regal, and the, the difference is God's not insecure about his importance. No, he doesn't have to <laughs> prove who he is. He can He's not insecure is, about it. But, but it's always exactly the opposite of what humanity thinks it ought to be. Mm-hmm. He even went so far as to say, if you want to be great, you be the servant to everybody. If you want to see God, you're going to have to love like I do. And just on and on and on. It's never, it's never what people think it should be it's always almost always when when it says they they turned the world upside down i think that's exactly what they did because this whole thing about about god and church and christ if it's done right is completely upside down to what the world thinks is the right thing to do the the first note i made about where god is going to live i i'm trying to express things that are bigger than my brain okay Mm -hmm. yeah and the first thing I'll, I, the, he lives apart. And let me, let me tell you what I mean by that and see if you agree with me, okay? Mm-hmm. So if in uh, Exodus chapter 20, verses 44 through 46, he said, I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify Aaron and his sons to minister unto me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. So the first thing he does is he separates out Aaron and his sons. That sanctification means called out. Mm -hmm. But he also calls out the nation. Mm -hmm. So it's like where, if I'm going to find where God's at, where he's dwelling, where he's staying, it is going to be separate separate from from this world. Mm -hmm. I am not going to be able to be in the middle of it, living just like it, acting just like it, believing just like it, talking just like it. He's going to pull me apart Mm -hmm. from it. Mm Mm-hmm. And sanctify me there through mm-hmm. the blood of Christ. Like, I'm not saying he won't be you in the middle of your mess and all that stuff. I, he absolutely will. But when, when you want to get close to God and feel his presence in your life. you got to separate yourself. There's some sanctification. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like you think I mean. So I mean separate. Maybe we should again. I know we've said that before in here. But sanctification is one of those churchy words that people get all wound up about. And it's not complicated. It it's a not. simple word. If you sanctify something, it's set apart for God to use. In other words, and we're not going to use this for common use. This belongs to God. Mm-hmm. And, and a sanctified life means my life no longer belongs to me. My life belongs to God. Mm-hmm. And He's going to hang out done. here. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have His presence and His closeness to me than I would everybody else's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i love everybody else actually to give you more love for everybody else mm-hmm. but i'd rather i don't i'm not going to sacrifice him to please you mm-hmm. correct right mm-hmm. i'm gonna, and that's really all that's the first it's not a holier it's not than complicated. Now. it is not a you have to do so many things to be this it is it is truly letting him be the center of everything he is it 
And he already is. It's acknowledging it, mm-hmm. right? And Submitting being separated to, to it. Mm-hmm. And and I was just going so over my thoughts. Out, okay? So separated out. That's a good. That's a good thought. The the second thought I had was comes from Leviticus twenty six eleven through thirteen. I'm not going to read every one of these, but it said I set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. I thought. It'd be very easy for the God of the universe to look at how I live and look at where I live and what what I say and what I do and abhor me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we fail much more than because we Because he's holy do. and perfect mm-hmm. and righteous and, and perfect, okay? But he said, I will walk among you and I will be your God and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt that you should not be bondmen or slaves. Mm-hmm. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you upright. Mm-hmm. In other words, here we are, if you can picture us uh, just uh, as human beings, bent over in the slavery of sin he said i've snapped that chain so you can stand up and act like a man Mm -hmm. and a man that i'll walk with Mm -hmm. all the way to heaven his mercy endureth forever david says but that's in response he said now if you read ahead in that response and throwing the idols away david talked about the idols he said every other god we made but god Mm -hmm. you made us Mm -hmm. that's what he said when he praised right that's something Mm -hmm. he had to isaiah acknowledges ezekiel jeremiah they said these things we make and then we bow down to it like fools Mm -hmm. but god you made us Mm -hmm. and that's the right way to think about this thing Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so i guess what i'm saying in that is when we reject all the other things we tend to worship whatever Mm -hmm. you put there and and we should be careful because sometimes that's me just me what I like, My what I want, what I need done, what I think should happen. And it's what, what I, I lean into that I think gives me strength, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I run to that because whatever it is that I run to that makes me feel better and able to deal with my life that's not God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking, for us heavy people, you're talking <laughs> I am. chocolate. I am talking <laughs> about If I'd rather have chocolate than God. I lean on mm-hmm. when I ought to be leaning on Him. That's an interesting, that's an interesting right? closness that we kind of stay steer away from but you're correct but he said i'll, anything, I'll snap those chains if you do it mm-hmm. anything that <laughs> you put ahead of god right to make you to cope right i can see that guy can't you mm-hmm. see I the guy too. bent over with the weight of that mm-hmm. and god's saying you're, no, un- you're do you do that. Mm-hmm. stand up yep right i agree and then i'll walk with you and he'll be my people and that's mm-hmm. what i want don't mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. i want him in my space. I want him in my life. In my party. In At my party. Actually, I want Hanging to be at his me. party. And we really are. That's the point mm-hmm. of this whole thing is I'm coming. I think I'm inviting him into to my but presence, but he is party. putting me in his presence because mm-hmm. it's all his, right? right? It's just the way we mm-hmm. we change to look at it. So maybe we should stop no, keep going. with what that and read a little bit in 17 and read about what I actually, if you want to what David's great idea is. So he's had this praise and this worship. He's responded to the ark being home and in Jerusalem. And here he is. God's made him king. But he he's not lifting himself up. He's lifting God up. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how great God is. And then he has a great idea. Or and verse, Chapter 17 of First Chronicles, verse 1. Now it came to pass as David sat in his house that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. Then Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thine heart, for God is with thee. you got to stop there for just a minute, because this is after their worship of the... This is after the, the people, verse 43 of the chapter before says, And all the people departed, every man to his house. Mm-hmm. And David returned to bless his house. He's home now. He's, He's That's home. all over. He we got the, the ark. We did service. good. We're, we're right? all over here now. <laughs> But he's got this idea. So I'm going to stay in this cushy house and God's going to stay in a tent. What? Mm -hmm. Where does God stay? Wait. And and here it comes. And here comes the. And and the prophet goes, 
That's a beautiful thought, David. And it is. That's when you think about where his thought. heart is at. You want God to have a nice place to stay. Mm-hmm. You just made him an idol. You just made him an idol. <laughs> you just made him something you can contain. And you can't contain him. And you can't contain him. And we have to be careful we don't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And verse 3, And it came to pass the same night that the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go tell, Go David. tell David. Thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. For I have not dwelt in a house since the day I brought up Israel unto this day. Not you brought me up, but have, I brought you but up. But have gone from tent to right? tent and from one tabernacle so to another. He's still thinking about that he carried mm-hmm. God there. Mm-hmm. God is saying, I carried you here. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the tea party. It's the Do you upside see what down. I mean? It's the upside it's that, down. It's that exactly what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're he not said, looking I at brought this from the right you perspective. here. Mm-hmm. Right? It is hard, don't you think? Don't you, think <laughs> you didn't people, bring me here. Don't you think it's hard for human beings to, to we want to take credit for things that are not ours to take credit for. Our minds for. are just small. Is that, and, and God is so big. But but we do. We, and we he has think, to keep saying, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 David. Yeah. Not a bad thought, but wait, wait. Let think. Let me tell, tell you some more. Think. Go tell David. For I have not dwelled in a house since the day I brought up Israel unto this day, but have gone from tent to tent and from one tabernacle to another. Verse 6. Wheresoever I have walked with all Israel, spake I a word to any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people, saying, Why have you not built me a house of Did cedars? I ask you for a house? Did I say I needed one? Do I Did need a house? Did you think I... What, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Which is, by the way... I just make another little point here on my Ruth story. Am I dependent on you, David, or are you dependent on me? I went through Judges, and I'm so discouraged as I read Judges about everybody doing what's right in their own eyes and everybody doing all this terrible stuff. And, you know, here we're in captivity. We're back, not captivity, but we're, you know, these guys, we're Mm -hmm. back and forth. And then at the end of Judges is that little book of Ruth that says at the same time this all's going on, God is still working his plan and purpose through Ruth and Boaz. And, mm-hmm. and I thought, what happened if Ruth hadn't come back? Would Boaz not have had a wife for the son of David, for David to be, you know, how it, but God knows exactly what he's doing. And mm-hmm. even in the midst of all that chaos, he presents this perfect little, okay, now you got all this, but this is also going on because I'm not going to forget what I've told you I'm going to have to, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so, sorry, I had to say that. No, so no, that's verse good. 6, no, verse 7, verse 7. Now therefore, thus saith, no, now therefore, thus shalt thou say unto my servant David, I love you, David, you're my servant, mm-hmm. but here we go. This is so gracious. That, this makes me cry every time I read it. Mm-hmm. I know. Every time. Thou say to my servant David. He doesn't David, say, David, you idiot. Why I can't you know fit this? in the house you build. <laughs> don't you know better? Don't you know I Haven't brought you, you to this place? You, yeah, God doesn't say that. He says just so graciously, David, my, I'm going to build you your house. Thus saith the right? Lord of hosts, I took you, David, I took thee from the sheep coat, even from following the sheep, when thou shouldest be ruler, that thou shouldest be ruler over my people Israel. You weren't anything. You were just a little shepherd. You killed a lion and a bear. You were this little boy taking care of things. You came across Goliath, right? I took yep. you, who I'm sure when he's sitting there with the sheep, never thought for a moment 
he would end up king of Israel. I don't know. Right? I don't know what he thought. I don't know what I don't he know what his, dream, what his dreams were, but I know he took on a lion and he took on a bear. And, a and he said, when he, when he talked about that, he did not say, I am so tough. He said, that was the power of God. Mm-hmm. If God can do that through me, what else can why I do? would I be afraid of this giant? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like and God is saying we, again, David, you, I don't need a favor from you. Don't forget who I am, David. Right? I don't need a favor from you, but let me give you a favor. Mm-hmm. Right? First, let me show you favor. I have been with thee whithersoever thou hast walked, and have cut off all thine enemies from before thee, and have made thee a name like the name of the great men that are in the earth. I did all that. That was me, God. That was me, David. I did that for you. Also, I will ordain a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, and they shall dwell in their place, and shall be moved no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness waste them any more as at the beginning. And since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and since the time the time that I have commanded judges to be over my people Israel, moreover, I will subdue all thine enemies. Furthermore, Furthermore, I tell thee that the Lord will build you a house. And it shall come to pass when thy days be expired and that thou must go to be with thy fathers. And I love that because people always say to me, well, how do you know there is a heaven right here? God said God said you're going to go to your fathers. It's not, you're not going in a hole in the ground and to be just gone and never see anything. It says, and other ones I've noticed that say it's the same thing. They... They went to be with their fathers. They went to. They went ahead. They went on. That Sorry. I will. That's what. Hey, I started it. And that I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. And I love that because right here we start a twofold conversation, right. which is notorious in Scripture. It really yeah. is. I two mean, tracks. We got two completely, and it's the same verses, but it's two and it's completely the same thoughts. Right? And, and it is. Promise. It is exactly what's going to happen. So for those of you maybe new to Bible study, we are talking, we all know from Scripture that Solomon builds a temple. David's son Solomon does build the temple. But he's not just talking about Solomon building the temple here. But the temple is not for God. Mm-mm. The temple is for us. Mm-hmm. And before we even talk about the two things, I just want to say for a minute, like people will say, isn't it great you raised your kids for the Lord? You have got it so wrong. Mm-hmm. I didn't do a favor for God. God did a favor for me. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. It's always backwards. He built my house. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I gave, and he I gave with... my invisible plates of food to the Father. <laughs> mm-hmm. No skill, no talent. It's in my imagination and my mind to the Lord. And the Lord took the nothing I had and blessed me. Mm-hmm. Abundantly. And when you think about that, when we talk about the fathers, it started with Mary and Bill. They go to church, and they start, and they get brick in church, and then they And they didn't start. do a great favor for God. No. Reasonable service. Right. Reasonable, just plain old reasonable service. And yet, he has blessed the family abundantly. He blesses his people. He just does. But the conversation is like, I've got to quit crying, but the conversation is like, what do I have to do for God? I hear that all the time. Like, how much do I have to give? How much do I have to attend church? How much do I have to read my Bible? 
how much do I have to pray? Can you can you give me a time limit on when I can how I spend time with God? I'm like you don't get it at all because it's not about you. It's not what you're giving God. It is what God is offering to you, mm-hmm. right? And David, out of a good heart, says, "I want God to have at least as much as I have." Yeah, bonehead. <laughs> yeah, he's trying. Right? No, he's trying. But he's thinking, think- "I want God to have at least as much as I have." And God is saying, "Do you not understand? It's all mine anyway. It's all mine. So let me show you my let me show you my glory, my graciousness, my kindness." Let me build your house, we had and that'll be your testimony. We had this conversation once in a Sunday yeah. school class, and I looked around the room, and I saw people who saw heard this conversation and blatantly thought, she's lost her mind. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, is everything that makes you you, all your gifts, we talked about that this morning in Sunday school, yeah. all your talents, all your gifts, all your abilities came from God. He's right? built that house. He has done all that for you. So anything you accomplish, and you think it is some great thing in the world, anything you accomplish, it came from God in the first place. Do I have to give? <laughs> Do I have to pray? Do I have to go to church? Do I have to Do open have my Bible? To, how much is enough when is of my life to belong to God? It's all God. It's, a, it's completely backwards of any reality that happens in a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. He's Lord. Mm-hmm. And such a gracious, kind Lord, and such an amazing Lord, right? That yes, wants to say to you, "Worthy of praise." The song that they sang, I still think about the song when the Christian Scott singers were here. He, I praise the Lord because He is worthy, worthy of to praise. Be worthy to and be praised. That's what David said, mm-hmm. chapter sixteen, says? right? This is the verse I wrote down from Exodus that goes with what we're talking about. It says in response, when they spoil Egypt, so when they're slaves in Egypt. After the plagues, after the 10th plague has come, the Egyptians pile them down with treasures and riches and gold and, and abundance. And to get out of there. And say, get, get uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yep. That God, and that's God who mm-hmm. gave them everything he they needed. Them. He told them he would spoil them. So you went from being a slave to riches unimaginable leaving Egypt. And, it said, and he says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And I thought, what he says is, I've given you everything. Now let me see your heart. Mm -hmm. What are you willing to give so that in this place you can come and meet with me and hear from me Mm -hmm. and be close to me? Are you going to worship what you got? Or are you going to worship the one who gave it and who has plenty more where that came from? Mm-hmm. And it says that in response to God's greatness, that parting of the Red Sea and the crossing on dry ground and the abundance of the blood, they gave so much that Moses had to say, stop, stop. it's too much. We don't know what to do with all this stuff. Because mm-hmm. their heart was in the right place. Mm-hmm. They got a lot wrong. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, they got a lot right because mm-hmm. they said, the God that saved us is so much more than the stuff God gave us. They, they got the focus in the right place, right? Mm-hmm. Where does God dwell? He said, I dwell when your response to me mm-hmm. is about a relationship with me over what you can get from me. Mm-hmm. And that's where God lives. And God lives in that place where you say, where you say, it's not what I can get from God. Like, I know a lot of people that just, I want God to answer this and do this and do this and do this, and I'm believing him for that. I get all that. But when it's God himself you want instead of the stuff, God mm-hmm. lives there, mm-hmm. right? He'll dwell among his people in that place. Mm-hmm. Is Jesus enough? We say Is that. Christ enough 
that if his presence is what you get, the other stuff can... Doesn't matter so much, right? Doesn't right? matter. Is that why Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him? Did he, that did he have that relationship where he just... Whatever God wants, right? Whatever yeah. God, it's God. It's not the treasure is not what you think it is, mm-hmm. right? No. And, and, it's and hard. are you willing to surrender it back over to God because you realize it's not what it is? That's not what the treasure is. And it's I don't know. It's hard for human nature. This is a hard conversation for me to express. Does well, that make it, sense? It is, and it's hard for human nature to understand that because we like to everything about us and around us measures a man by what he does and how he acts and what he says and how, what he ha- has and that isn't the way God measures here's that thick darkness first you want to hear it mm-hmm. so you said Solomon builds the temple and he does first Kings chapter 8 if you want to read about it mm-hmm. when everything's finished they gather all Israel together like his daddy did he learned it mm-hmm. he did right here mm-hmm. right well, maybe not right here. Might not have been born he here. Didn't. But anyway, th- this is what he does, just like his dad did. It, it says, It comes to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. That cloud, that pr- Shekinah, Shekinah glory, glory of, of God, God, that presence of God filled the house of the Lord, filled the temple. They saw it. Mm-hmm. A physical manifestation of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit of God, mm-hmm. right in that mm-hmm. place. And it says, Then spake Solomon, The Lord said that he would dwell in thick darkness. Mm-hmm. The Lord said he would. But I have surely built thee a house to dwell in a settled place for thee to abide in forever. forever. Right? It didn't abide forever. Solomon mm-hmm. said, here's where we want you to stay, God. But God said in the New Testament, I cannot live in a building made with hands. I've got that verse in it. God never dwell. He, his, never he, he put did. his presence there. He met with them. But th- there were there are, how do I say this? And I feel like I'm getting off track, so help no, me. you're not off track. The earth is his footstool, right? There are right? conditional promises of God. God says in it to Moses, he says to Solomon, he says differently. He says, if you will do this, then I, then will, I do will do this. Mm-hmm. And his end is way heavier and more consequential than what he asks us to do. He basically says, believe me, trust me, don't replace Period. me. Mm-hmm. Right? If you do this, I'll I will give that. you this abundance. Mm-hmm. Those are conditional promises. But there are some promises God gives, like he gave to Noah, like he gave to David. Right, like he mm-hmm. gave to Abraham, that are unconditional promises. Mm-hmm. He said to Abraham, "I'm gonna bless your seed forever, mm-hmm. regardless." Mm-hmm. Said to David, "The king's coming mm-hmm. from your house. From I'm your building house. your house mm-hmm. forever." To Noah, mm-hmm. "I'll never judge the world in this same way again. Mm-hmm. When I judge it again, it'll be destroyed by fire." He, he tells him, "These are un- these are going to happen regardless of what you do. Mm-hmm. You, this is immutable." There's other things yeah. that are conditional. And, and the presence of God in that place, he chose, he said, I will, I will choose to dwell here. But he tells, he tells Solomon, if you guys go away, depart, if you worship idols, there's going to come a time I'll when my presence won't be here mm-hmm. and this will be a pile of rubble mm-hmm. because I can't be contained here. Mm-hmm. I'm only choosing to place my here. presence here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And there came, came a time before they're carried away into captivity that they see the presence of God leave. Mm-hmm. They see that and same cloud him. that filled the temple leave. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Over the hill. Terrifying. The, yeah, yeah, I would think so too. And I think, and maybe this is too far. Tell me if this is too far. But I think that God's presence is here. God is able for it. We are able to access God through salvation, through the Holy Spirit, same Holy Spirit that was the cloud. Mm-hmm. We're able to come into God's presence, to be born again, to be saved. But I think in our nation, in our time, we can see the cloud shifting. Mm-hmm. There's going to come a time mm-hmm. in judgment, right, when we won't have access. 
when that condition as we are right is how we fall yeah where, where god will say that's enough Mm-hmm. And judgment will come. And he has to judge because he's righteous. So you want to know where God dwells, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's people that say um, God will never dwell in an unclean temple. Have you heard people say that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought about that. I thought, is that anywhere in Scripture? No. <laughs> it they rarely says, are. I've heard people say that my whole life. God will not dwell in an unclean temple. Because if that were true, he couldn't dwell in any of us. Because mm-hmm. we're all unclean. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all together unprofitable, right? If not for the blood of not Christ, good, not, one. not one of us could cont- have any indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We're made clean in the blood of Christ, right? That's the only reason mm-hmm. that we have it. But we can... As a nation, just like this nation, mm-hmm. right? God dwelled in Israel. God is the God of Israel. He's mm-hmm. He is their God. Mm-hmm. Reject Him to the point that they they don't no longer feel the presence of God mm-hmm. where they expect to feel it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's true. That's a scary warning. That's a scary warning. And it's not only in and we 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 feel like or it sounds like or it feels like sometimes we've just got too smart for God. You know, we're too, we're so much smarter than believing in a God when he must look at us and say, you really think that's a tea cake on your plate, right? <laughs> you really think there's tea in well, that cup? Because what happens is we no longer have the party. We never, no longer invite him in. Now the people at the table are lesser things. Now the people at the table are the enemies of God. And we, and we care more plates. about what they say. We got paper plates instead of our tea set. And and we're, we care more about what they say than having God there. As a matter of fact, he might be an embarrassment. He might put a, mm-hmm. right, the party's changed. Mm-hmm. And he's no longer invited, although it all belongs to him. In the first place. It still belongs to him, but we've, we've rejected imagine, him from Can it. you imagine if, if, just using the analogy of the tea party that you started mm-hmm. with, can you imagine if Livy, as a child, would have said, you can't come in here, this is my party. No, right? that'd be Lena. No, I'm, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding if she's watching. I'm just kidding. We love Lena. No, we absolutely. She's just a little spunky. So verse 13. But I... I just, he one will, more thing okay. I'll throw out, not, and get off the doom and gloom, okay? But like, yes, everything in the tabernacle that Moses built represented Christ. Everything in the temple represented Christ, but especially the mercy seat, mm-hmm. especially this ark that David's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That he brought up. The, yep. the top of the ark is the mercy seat. And I think like, if you feel like the presence of God has departed, go to the mercy seat. If, if you feel like, I don't, I don't feel him in my party I Mm -hmm. I don't I can't it's like I'm not hearing anything I'm empty I'm hollow there's a place that you can meet the presence of God and that's at the mercy seat Mm -hmm. on the mercy seat was the blood of the lamb that's where Mm -hmm. the high priest that's where Obed-Edom who's back here Mm -hmm. is there ministering Mm -hmm. at the ark he's offering the blood of the lambs that they're sacrificing the blood of Jesus Christ the lamb slain from the foundation of the world is offered on that mercy seat so that we can come and that's what we have to ask for. Mm-hmm. We don't ask for God to acknowledge our goodness or acknowledge how our effort or to to show me a sign or do a miracle or right. Mm-hmm. You go to the mercy seat and you beg mercy. Mm-hmm. You say, God, I am so far from your presence and I feel excluded from that special relationship that I I used to know. Mm-hmm. I'm talking people that are saved. If you've not been saved, I want that special relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It's mercy you need. It's mercy. That and then you the need. mercy comes through the blood. 
mm-hmm. right? And I, I know that was a no. That's just true. A, a no. sideways, but not when, when we're talking about where does he place, live? He lives in mercy. And there's also mercy, a place for us to trust forever. what he says, right? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you always. And, but what I'm saying when you say that, that doesn't mean you can't leave. No, that's true. He'll never that's leave you. True. He'll never forsake you. But you're not a prisoner. And if you seek him, you will find him. Right? It says, right. if you need me, seek me. Seek me. Find me. Knock. It'll open. Right? It's not mm-hmm. mysterious. It is God wanting you to be submissive and realize he's God and you're not. But you're, it's not a hostage situation. Mm-mm. No. Right? You can walk <laughs> in and out anytime you want It's to. your free will. Whether yeah. you hang out in the presence and of God And I know God people not. don't like that free I know they will don't. piece, but I don't understand why. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm not a machine that I can't cho- I can't do anything but. And, it, you know, he does say whosoever will, so anybody can find him if they want to. I'm not, I, pr- I promise I'm not going to read it all, but this is Hebrews 4, and i got to read it right here. Okay? Mm-hmm. I said, seeing then that we have a great high priest, that's Jesus Christ, which is passed on passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. These believers, mm-hmm. we've professed Jesus Christ as the Son of God, right? Mm-hmm. you got to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. You can't let that go. Hold fast to that possession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with our feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore, because of that fact, let us therefore come boldly, to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help of time of need. Mm-hmm. In other words, I can come right up and beg for mercy. I'm allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And because of Christ, you receive have access it. to that. Mm-hmm. The mercy. Because that righteous God right? has a son who is our I don't our have advocate. to stay outside. Mm-hmm. I, don't I have can to. come right up boldly yes. where he dwells. Where he dwells. Right. In mercy and love. Yes. Right. Verse twelve, he built me a house. Built, he shall build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. That's Solomon. So right? we're starting with Solomon. We're Solomon, starting with David. But yep. we're also talking about we're starting to come into Christ. Mm-hmm. I, God says in verse thirteen, I will be his father, and he shall be my son. And I will not take my mercy away from him, as I took it from him that was before him, Solomon. before thee. But I will settle him in mine house and in my kingdom forever. And his throne shall be established forevermore. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak to David. And David didn't say, Aw, I don't get a bit of house. He didn't do that, right? He says, here he starts again with, he's, he's learned how to worship. I think one of the things that's <laughs> after the hard God's lesson. own heart is that he's learned how to worship. He's learned how to praise even in difficult situations, he's learned to say, you're right, God, and I'm right. Verse 16, and David, the king, came and sat before the Lord and said, he sat before the Lord and said, who am I, O Lord God, and what is mine house that thou hast brought me here? Hitherto? Why would you do this for me? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Who, who am I? I mean, he could have said, well, I am the king. But who am I, right? There's where his heart's at. Yeah. And there's many songs about who am I, right? Mm-hmm. And yet this was a small thing in thine eyes, O God, for thou hast also spoken of thy servant's house for a great, for a great while to come and hast regarded me according to the estate of a man of high degree, O Lord God. You think I'm valuable. You think I'm 
important. You, God, have something more for me. What can David speak more to thee for the honor of thy servant? I don't even know how to answer you. That's what David said. I thought I had this great idea. <laughs> but at this point, God, I don't even have a word to speak that makes any sense because this is more of an honor and more of a mystery to me that you would do anything like this mm-hmm. regarding, I don't have anything to say. Don't I don't know how to that. respond to you mm-hmm. and not mess up. Mm-hmm. It's don't. bigger than I can contain. And isn't that kind of what we've been saying when we don't know how That's to say? That's salvation. When we don't know how to say what we're trying to say. When you get a hold of the fact that you have been saved from what you deserve in hell, mm-hmm. and you're going to live as a child of God in His presence, and He's going to be your God, and you're going to be His people. If you have anything to say that's adequate in response to that, I don't understand you. Because mm-hmm. I, I have never figured out how to say thank you to that properly. Mm-hmm. Right? We just keep trying. Mm-hmm. We just keep trying. And what if you haven't, what if you've failed God? What if you've... Um, he has. What if He has been, by this point. What if you've been down the path a while and you just kind of got away from everything and you're not, is He able to just take you back? He's done that for David, right? He can do that but for you. David's misinterpretation of what he should be doing cost a man his life two chapters ago. Mm-hmm. And David goes, why would you do this for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or any. Why would you do this for me? And Solomon's here. Solomon's been born. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure Uh when I first started. So he's done some other things that across. And and we see his flaws. We see a lot of his flaws too. Verse 19. O Lord, for thy servant's sake and according to thine own heart, hast thou done all this greatness in making known all these great things? Thank you for letting me know. And it's not because of me, God. It's because of how great you are. O Lord, there is none like thee, neither is there any God besides thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation in the earth is like the people Israel, whom God went to redeem to be his own people, to make thee a name of greatness and terribleness by driving out nations from before thy people, whom thou hast redeemed out of Egypt. For thy people Israel didst thou make thine own people forever, and thou, Lord, becamest their God." He goes on. He, it didn't start with him either, right? Mm-mm. Therefore now, Lord, let the thing that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house be established forever and do as thou hast said. Let it even be established that thy name may be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God of Israel, even a God to Israel, and let the house of David thy servant be established before thee. For thou, O oh my God, hast told he's thy just servant, going, "You're going to build me a house." Mm-hmm. That's all he's saying. <laughs> David is saying, he's saying "You're going to build me a house." And I'm trying to, and I'm trying, and I'm, and David, it feels like is trying to say thank you, but he's kind of overwhelmed with, I don't even know how to say thank he's you. He's so overwhelmed. Um, Let the house of David, thy servant, be established before thee. For if thou, it pleases you, bless me. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it it's nothing I've done. It's totally from you. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. For thou, O oh my God, was <laughs> okay. told, has told thy servant that thou wilt build him a house. He, you know what? Have you noticed that since He's Nathan said this, house? he never comes back to say anything about him doing any house building. Mm-hmm. David himself. He mm-hmm. just lets that, okay, no. For thou, O oh God, has told thy servant that will build him a house. Therefore thy servant hath found in his heart to pray before thee. I'm, I don't know what else to do. So I'm talking, and now, Lord, thou art God, thou hast promised this goodness unto thy servant. 
How many times did he say servant? Yeah. You know, servant. Yeah. We don't, this is the king of Israel. But he's not being modest. He's not being no false humility here. He, he's saying, I don't even understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. What he, that's what he's saying. Thanks. I'm your sir. I, uh, my heart wants to do what makes you, what you are in This is of. you, Lord. This is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Few more thoughts on where God lives. Mm-hmm. David wants to build him a place to live. Few more thoughts on where God lives. Isaiah 66, verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne. He's talking about all of the of the universe. The earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you built unto me? <laughs> and where is the place of my rest? And at the he time. reminds them this in Isaiah because the temple literally is this going is to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And he's saying to the people that will read this later on and they're in captivity and there is no temple. Can't pray toward the temple. The temple's gone. Mm-hmm. Now they did. Mm-hmm. But, but the temple's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't forget. I got it all. Right? Where's the house you built for me? Mm-hmm. It's gone. I, I, I sit on the universe. My feet rest on, on the, the earth. earth. You, you, don't, you don't understand how big your God is. When mm-hmm. you're in trouble and far away, I got this. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. He is more than enough. And you need some New Testament for where, where he dwells. Acts 7, 45 through 48. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne. He's quoting Isaiah. The earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord? And what is the place of my rest? Mm-hmm. Hath not my hand made, made all, all these, these things? things. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. In other words, again, I don't dwell in temple. But, but you know what he told him in Hebrews? I, I dwell in you. Mm-hmm. Right? And Jesus showed you how it was done because we couldn't even comprehend that. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said in John 1, 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God came, the fullness of God, that God, that universal God mm-hmm. came in the form of a man. And, don't and forget, showed us how it's done. And don't forget in John 14, he says, And in my Father's house are many dwellings, are right? many, many mansions. mansions, many places to dwell. Do you know where God dwells? Dwell. You come to my house. Mm-hmm. Come to his house, right? I'll come to your house, and you can come to my house, mm-hmm. right? And we'll mm-hmm. dwell among each other. We'll be together. I thought, I, I don't mean to belabor it, but no. a, a, where does he dwell? He dwells in a united church in Ephesians 2. Mm-hmm. He says, For he is our peace, who hath made both one. And he's talking about the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians, he said, and broken down the middle wall of partition between us. In a church united, God dwells. Mm -hmm. In a church divided, we've we've asked him to leave. Mm -hmm. We've asked for our opinion and our feelings and Mm -hmm. our preferences to be king. And the presence of God is not welcome. But in a church united, Mm -hmm. he's there. God is there, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. United in purpose, bigger than yourself. I don't even know what whether to read more or not. Keep going, yes. There is nothing wrong with making sure we get that point. He dwells in the body of a repentant and redeemed believer. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? No. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, God forbid. What? Know you not? That he which is joined to a harlot is one body, for two he said shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And he says, flee fornication. Every sin a man doth without his body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Mm -hmm. Where's God dwell? In you. Which you have. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. You are bought with a price. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body 
and in your spirit, which are again God's. There's your thing. Will he dwell in an unclean believer? Will he dwell in an unclean believer? It says, Jesus said, do you not yet understand that whatever entereth the mouth goeth into the belly? They were mad because they didn't wash their hands. Mm -hmm. The disciples didn't wash their hands. He said, do you not understand that he's not these outside things you do, but the filthiness is already in you? So when you say, can God dwell in an unclean temple? He better because, (laughs) right, all of you are unclean temples. It's not what is outside that you're doing. That condemns you. It's what's, it's what's coming from the heart. Mm-hmm. Those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defiles not a man. So it's not the things people see Mm-mm. that disqualify you. It's what's in all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, when I it's homeschool, and people will say, do you homeschool? I've said this before on this. Do you homeschool so you can keep all the sin away from your kids? I'm like, you don't understand. The sin is in my kids. Mm-hmm. It's born in them. Mm-hmm. It's they came with day. it, mm-hmm. right? So I can't keep the sin from my kids. The sin's in them. Mm-hmm. I have to get my kids to Christ. Mm-hmm. I homeschool so that before they go out to battle against these principalities and powers that the Bible talks about and against evil in high places, they have a chance mm-hmm. to get to know him first and to be strong in him first mm-hmm. so that they have so that something, they have to, something fight to fight with, mm-hmm. right? But I can't keep the him. sin out of them. It's in them. And it's in me too, mm-hmm. right? It's not what's outside of a man, but what's inside of a man. Isn't it funny how we can make ourselves think that we have no sin? And the, and the scriptures, <laughs> that it's only the things people see you do, not what you are. And it's funny that the scripture is very clear about that. He, if you say you have no sin, it says you are a liar. The truth's not in you, right? Because uh-huh. we all have fallen short. Again, where he dwells. You want to read this one? This is one of your faiths. Revelation 21, verse 3. You talk about where does God live and how's he going to live with us? Uh, it says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, yeah. and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. It's always been the plan. It's all, and, and that's where he wants it's to be. It's always been mm-hmm. the plan. What's he say, Adam and Eve? I'm going to walk with you in the cool of the evening. Mm-hmm. He says to David, I'm going to dwell in this place. That you're going to, he says to Moses, I'll come put my, my mm-hmm. presence here so I can walk among you and be your God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, <clears throat> neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And I know you remember, but when we had Revelation, that's first kind of the first one of the first things Jesus said he was, was true and faithful. Mm-hmm. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Freely. It really is a tea party. You've got written down here. <laughs> it really is a tea party. It's a tea party. He's really saying, okay, now, while you were on this earth and while you were walking around in this fallen place, I chose to come and hang out with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But the real thing that I want you to do is come hang out with me. Mm-hmm. That's what his desire is. I want you to live where I live and where I am and be fully welcome in the real deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've done the tea party. 
Now let me show you a party, mm -hmm. right? Welcome into the joy of the Lord. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. You've got Psalm 23 down there. Because <laughs> he said, what's David asking? The same David who wants to build him a house talks about this God that would build him a house. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't need anything because he's got it. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Green pastures. Fresh, soft, warm, inviting. If you're sheep, that's food. Mm -hmm. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody, yeah, everybody loves deep, still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Because God said it would. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where's God live? In that right there. It would be a much shorter answer if you ask, where doesn't he dwell? Mm-hmm. Where doesn't he live? Where, Where cannot not? his presence be accessed? And you know what? Right? I have to go back and say something I said earlier about Mary and Bill starting off the situation. But there was Stanley, who was a deacon in church. And, and, you, and you start going back and you see there's always a faithful remnant. I think that is kind of mm -hmm. what, I think that was what I picked up out of Ruth too, is even though all this horrible stuff is going on, God is still working with people that trust and believe in what he's saying and what he's doing. And we have to guard that for our children's sake, for our sake, for the next generation's sake. We talked about that this morning in Sunday school. What about the church? Who's going to carry it on? If today was your last day, have you done everything that you need to do? I thought that was a profound question, a profound thought. We, we get caught up in this life and we think we, we might go days and never really give much thought to anything spiritual. But should we be doing that? Is Satan's trick to to um, disarm us so that we're so caught up and so busy with everything else that we're not thinking about the things that are important? That was what I think that's what Paul was telling Timothy. Here's the important stuff. And I think that's what David's saying here. Here's the important stuff. God is God. There is none else. Right? He gives. He blesses. Just thank you. I think... One the takeaway for me in this lesson is what a remarkable gift God gave us when he gave us an imagination. Mm -hmm. When I go back to that tea party scenario with my daughter, that world was very, very real to her. Mm -hmm. it, I knew it was pretend. Mm -hmm. I can't see the friends. <laughs> right? yeah. But to her and her imagination, everything that was happening was so important mm -hmm. and was so very, very, very real. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. God knows us. He made us. He made us with that imagination. Mm -hmm. But he knows what's actually real. Mm -hmm. And he knows what we are making up and what's truth. He absolutely knows that. But at the same time, he, he, that gift of imagination can work for the enemy or it can work to bring us closer to God. What David had, was asked to do when he says, I'm going to build God a house, he has in his imagination this great thing he's going to do for God. And I, again, I'm not saying that's evil or wrong. But he has imagined a world where mm -hmm. he can make something that God doesn't already have. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, that's, a, that's his imagination. But God says, here's what I want you to do, David. I want you to imagine a world that you haven't even fathomed yet. I want you to imagine that all of it belongs to me mm-hmm. because it does. I want you to see it as the fact that I'm going to give you more than you can ever think mm-hmm. or ask or, or imagine mm-hmm. or understand. But it's never and even it's entered not just for hearts. you, David. It's for your children and your children's children and your children's children's to children to a thousand generations. And not only that, eternally, because Christ is coming in your line, I want to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. That's what God says to David. I want you to use that imagination and just get up. This is just hang on to of it what it is now, right? I'm going to give you. Mm-hmm. Right? How many things would we not worry about if we just knew? Turned that imagination to the and good. And said, God's got, he has to, he takes care of me. I don't know what we'll go through, but he'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. We imagine what's, what could happen to us, how bad everything's going to be, how we're not going to be able to handle it. We imagine the worst case scenario. We imagine our failures, our flaw, our embarrassment, our demise. We imagine how horrible these things are going to be mm-hmm. that are going to come to mm-hmm. us in the next week or month or years. And God is saying, won't you imagine? And we see our no way out of who I that, am, that God can take and care of And what I can things. take care of. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. God. Um, I kind of miss Mark. Mark's not too. on here today. And I wish I miss Mark. I just want to say that. I know he's had some struggle keeping up with us because we're changing around when we're live but i do like mark's comments and i'm i miss him on here today i want to thank everybody that's joined us i want to um, encourage you stay faithful keep the word open we ran a little bit over so livy's going to have our head for a minute but she's not doing tea parties now she's helping us post these she still is but they're like galas (laughs) for businesses business things anyway thank you for joining us Keep your Bibles open. Stay battle ready.